0: couple more losses for the Sabres. We've got a game to talk about on Tuesday night. And I got a question for fans. Who's the scapegoat? I'm trying to figure that out here on the Locked on Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase on today's episode. Your Locked on Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Thanks for making Locked on Sabres your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including our YouTube channel. Be sure to check us out on YouTube, Locked on Sabres there. Sneaky Joe DiBiase on the podcast today. Been off for a couple of days. I've been under the weather, and yet I'm still a little bit under the weather, so I might have to take a couple extra water breaks if you hear a two, three-second pause at any point. Um, I don't think I've got the tissues ready to go here. I think I'll probably be good, Um, but. We missed a couple losses. Uh Not, not great. Not great. We're now at an eight game losing streak for the Buffalo Sabres. We'll talk about tonight's game, Tuesday night's game. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, uh, we're going to save that for the back half of today's show. since we're getting today's episode a little bit late in the day. So if you are listening before Sabres, Canadians, we'll be previewing that and uh, the, the back half of today's show. And if you are listening on Wednesday, you already know what the game happened. We'll have that show for you on Wednesday afternoon. And, uh, You can just listen to the first part, I guess, Um, which I have a question about the Sabres that I don't know if it has an answer to it. And I don't know what the answer will become to this question. So stay tuned. That's coming up in just a second here. But we'll have our betting preview for Sabres and Canadians tonight starting goaltenders and also what the lineup is going to look like. An interesting, healthy scratch for Don Granato Uh, and an interesting return for the Sabres in this game uh, that I'm very excited about. And I think fans should be very excited about. As well, That's all coming up here on the Lockdown Sabers podcast at Lockdown Sabers to follow us on Twitter at Sneaky Joe Sports to follow me on Twitter. And we will start today with my question of the day, which I don't have an answer to. And I would love to hear fan opinion to it uh, on my Twitter at this podcast, Twitter or on our YouTube channel. I know we always get comments there, so I don't even have to ask for it. I know we will get YouTube comments on this question and I look forward to reading them on the next show. Who is the scapegoat? This is now an eight game losing streak. The Sabres are in seventh out of eight in the Atlantic division. And the season is already going by the wayside at seven and 11 Uh, wins and losses. That's their record. But unlike there's a lot of, there's a lot of commonalities between this year and previous seasons. Greg was tweeted out the other day, the Sabres record in the first 15, 20 games in each of the last four or five years. And Almost every year, there's one year in there where it didn't happen, but almost every year, the Sabres get out to a hot start, and then very quickly after that, they completely fall apart, and we get to December, and the season's over. They'll have a great October, horrible November, nothing in December, beyond. And this year is going the same way. This year, the Sabres start 7-3, and 8-game losing streak. Very similar to past seasons. The difference between this year and previous years is fans i don't think know who to be mad at right now for this before jack eichel deserved or undeserved i think a lot of it was undeserved but got a lot of criticism and he became very polarizing because he was a central figure he was supposed to be he was supposed to be god and lift the sabers up on his own and he was the captain, which also I think mattered in this equation is that he wore the C and before Eichel. Well, Reinhardt, I think got some of that blame as well. and too, like that trio got a lot of fallout before that. It was Ryan O'Reilly. Ryan O'Reilly got a lot of the blame. Uh, you're not a fast enough skater. You're not a good enough leader. You're not a good enough locker room guy. Things that you'd have to point to off the ice. And also, you know, Tim Murray would have years where we were riding him. And uh, but Jason Botcherell, for two years at least, was the f- central figure that we were focused on as the scapegoat. And the coach would cycle into that as well. Ralph Kruger, two years ago when the Sabres go on their 12-game losing streak, fire Kruger, and then it becomes 18. But Kruger was the guy that we just were, couldn't wait for him to be fired. So it was the coach. And before that, it would have been Housley. So we've kind of rotated in and out players, uh, star players, leaders, uh, coaches, GMs, it's been a cycle here with the Sabres. Now the season's going by the wayside and who's who's the finger pointing towards? Who's the blame being put on? Cuz I don't really see it happening. I see criticism of the team overall Uh, in terms of, you know, their build and I see some fans that think they're too small, which is ridiculous because I think I saw today. I'll have to, I want to fact check this before you take me at my word, but I thought I saw today that they are the biggest team in hockey or they are one of the biggest teams in hockey, uh, but pushed around. Like, you know, there's always that fan out there. The things they're pushed around, even when they're not, um, there's criticism of their being too young, and that this was inevitable for a team that is the youngest in hockey. And there's some merit to that, I think. There is criticism of the goaltending, and I think that might be fair. That might be the fairest uh, name finger pointing to have into the stage in the game. But now that Eric Comrie is out with an injury, you know, there's you can't be mad at him. He's not playing for a little bit. So and Anderson's actually been relatively okay. So who are we pointing at? And I'm going to go down the list here. The names that we could get to pointing the finger at, and the names that maybe down the road fans are going to start to criticize and be mad at because this team can't get good. I think number one on that list has to be Kevin Adams. Kevin Adams, and I think I'll give you the, the scoop here that I have. Don Granato, number two on this list of who becomes the scapegoat. Granado, I have number two and not number one. Because Kevin Adams predates Don Granado. And even though that part, that timeline of Sabres, you know, history was probably led by Ralph Kruger, I don't really believe that Kevin Adams had full autonomy to do whatever he wanted. There were a lot of moves that were Kruger moves when Kruger was the head coach. He had a, a, a sports management background. He was, I think, the leader of the organization at that point in time. And but despite that, Adams was here. And Adams was pulling the trigger. If he wasn't, you know, the head of the organization, he was number two, and maybe he was number one. Maybe I'm not giving him enough credit. But now, you know, the roster is his. The roster decisions, the trading, the direction of the franchise and the organization is up to Kevin Adams. So I think he's got to be number one. The problem for me with Adams being a scapegoat at any point is I don't really think, there's anything to be done about it. You know, Tim Murray, fans eventually got at him, and it was, he will get fired? He could possibly get fired. Of course he could. Jason Bottrell, same thing. As You were screaming about him being fired because you could see it happening. I almost think Adams, I don't know if he could be fired. I don't know if they would fire him, I should say. Of course he could be fired. But he's been so close to the Pagoulas, and he was a strict... Pagula's hired. The Pagulas, when they hired Adams, they talked about how they felt let down by hockey people in their previous hires. And that, you know, sounds to me like they're going with their own guy. And they're almost saying, hey, the previous guys weren't really our guys. They were just advised to us as guys that should be our guys. Adams is their guy. He's their idea. Nobody else in the National Hockey League would have hired Kevin Adams as their general manager with his resume. Nobody. VP of Business Administration, nobody takes that jump from VP of Business Administration to general manager. Adams did. Why? He's a Pagula guy. And criticize that if you want. But to me, that means... He ain't going anywhere anytime soon. And they're going to stick with this and give him as much time as humanly possible. I don't even know what the the scenario would be, you know, a year from now, two years from now, it would have to go so poorly that, that he would were to be fired. I just do not see it happening. So I think he's the most natural name that fans will talk about as a scapegoat for this thing, not working right now, but I don't think there'll be any action to it. So I got him number one in this list. Granado, I have number two. And I wonder about Granado because I think Granado is more popular uh, at the moment. I think fans still like Granado, the way he sounds, the way he talks, the way that his philosophy is about the sport, wanting to play fast and offensive and focus on development and youth. Um, I think there's still a lot of likable traits about uh, Don Granado. But... Eventually the wins and losses have to come. We talked about this before the year that the honeymoon phase eventually will end and expectations will arrive. And that will come even quicker. If you start playing as poorly as they are right now, Hey, where's the winning because development's nice and all this talk is nice, but where's the wins and where's the wins. And that's not happening at the moment. Granado into his second full year. Plus, you know, a little bit of stretch of games two years ago, He's getting close to that territory where, say, where we got with uh, Phil Housley and Ralph Kruger, where, you know, a couple of years and it's not working and the coach is usually the one to go. So Granato might be more likely to someday be moved on from if this doesn't work. But I, I don't know that fans want to scapegoat him. I think he's likable at this point in time, and I don't see enough yet that he's the guy that they'll want to jump to. But again, I don't think there's a good answer to this. Two other names I wrote down. One is Tage Thompson. He's not happening right now for this. Nobody's pointing the finger at Tage Thompson because he's been incredible. He's been their best player uh, through the last you know couple of weeks. And on the season as a whole, you know, you might want to have a debate whether him or Darlene has been their best have been their best player. So Thompson, nobody's gonna blame him right now because he's he's thriving. He's playing an incredible. You know, he's in the Rocket Richard odds right now. Like he's just he's dynamite. So, and he doesn't wear a letter. And that plays into this too, I think a little bit in that he's not seen as like a leader in the locker room. He's there to score goals. So no one's pointing the finger at Thompson. No one's pointing the finger at Darlene. Now Darlene does wear a letter and he might be the the face of the franchise at this point in time. He's also their best player. And this is kind of a stupid thing that we do in sports where if the team's not doing well, we'll all yell at the best player on the team. Even though he's might be the only one playing well, we're not there with Darlene and we're maybe never going to get there with Darlene, he seems to be the type of, he's in the type of role that is usually the culprit to be scapegoated. That's what's happened here, right? Like, look who their best player has been. Ryan O'Reilly was their best player when he was traded. He was scapegoated leading up to that. Jack Eichel was the team's best player when they traded him. Leading up to that, he was scapegoated. And for right or wrong, like these guys, like they were. Reinhardt was their second best player at the time. He was scapegoated leading into that. So I, I get it's just a, it's a hard question to answer because the guys, and there's no one that makes big money, right? Like Thompson makes big money, but he's playing great. Kyle Poso. He's in the final year of his deal. I know he's the captain, but he's likable now too. People love him. I, I don't think anyone's pointing the finger at a Poso for this, not working Skinner. I get kind of works, but he's kind of producing as well. So that's not happening. Alex Tuck, No, like, who do you point the finger at? I think it has to go. I think the next up in line for that is Adams or Granado, but I, it's tough. It's tough to see that happening. So it makes them hard to talk about, by the way, uh, not, you know, I'm not complaining about my job at all or anything, but it does because, you just want you either talk about how good a team is when they're thriving, or if things aren't working, it's a complaint department. And you want to talk about, you know, where do you want to move on? Where do you want to get better? Where do you want to make changes? And that question is hard to answer right now because the Sabres are so young and they're so early in this process. So we'll continue to evaluate this as the season goes on and I'll I'll be looking out for it. See who fans are criticizing. I don't need them to be criticizing people. It just, you know, it usually will happen and it's not right now. So Interesting conversation. Look forward to some feedback from fans on this and listeners on this. We'll take a timeout when we come back. We'll preview Sabres and Canadiens. We've got a seven o'clock puck drop at seven o'clock. We've got a a player returning to the Sabres lineup, and we've got an interesting player coming out of the Sabres lineup. And then we've got a betting preview of tonight's game at Bet Online. That is all ahead here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. And we are brought to you by Simply Safe. If you've thought about securing your home, with home security, but I've been putting it off. You'll want to listen up right now. Locked on Sabres listeners can order the number one rated simply safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year and you don't want to miss it. I love it. Simply safe was named the best home security system above 2022 by us news and world report a third year in a row in an emergency 24 seven professional monitoring agents will use fast protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response. 24-7 monitoring system, less than one dollar per day, less than half the price of ADT's traditional professional installed system. Don't miss the chance to save big on the only security system that I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at SimplySafe.com slash locked on NHL. It's our biggest discount of the year. So don't wait. SimplySafe.com slash locked on NHL. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Jody Biase back here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. When you're done here, be sure to make your second listen. Locked on today sports from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only locked on can provide locked on sports today available on this app, YouTube, and wherever. You get your podcast, Jody Biase back here on the show. Sabers and Canadians. We got a seven o'clock puck drop, puck drop in Montreal. Saw some videos that Jason Pominville will be in attendance, and he did some you know media. So you might be hearing from Pominville in and around the last uh, little bit here. Lines for the Sabers in this game. So we have one interesting return to the lineup, and we have another interesting exit. From the lineup and we'll start with the return. Matias Samuelson is back. Matias Samuelson, a sorely needed return to the ice for Matias Samuelson. I mean, the Sabres have been scoring in, even in this losing streak, they've been scoring goals. Their problem has been, they can't prevent chances in their own end. And now steps in their best defensive defenseman, into the lineup Samuelson has developed into their best defensive defenseman uh, right there with Daen Dalenen of course is is the, is the all-around guy but Daen's phenomenal zone end. Samuelson is uh, he is polished he is smooth he is physical he's big he's just he's got the whole package he's great with the outlet passes not feeling pressure and turning the puck over he's phenomenal. Huge, huge return uh, for the Sabres. And hopefully he can kickstart a a couple of wins here for the Sabres and log some big minutes, which they need. So their blue line for this game, Samuelson will skate with Rasmus Dahlin right back on the top pair. Owen Power back with Henry Okiharu on the second pair. And then Jacob Bryson with Ilya Labushkin on the third pair. The Sabres are back to full health after weeks and weeks of injuries on the blue line. They are finally Back to full health. Yoki Hari returning last week. Samuelson returning this week. And Labushkin returning last week as well. The interesting exit from the lineup. Peyton Krebs, who has not scored in over 30 games dating back to last year, he's out. He will not play. He is a healthy scratch in this game. Zemgis Gergensens goes into the lineup. And the recently claimed Tyson Jost goes into the lineup for the Buffalo Sabres. You might be asking, who? Who's Tyson Jost? Tyson Jost, waiver claim from the Sabres uh, over the weekend. He was a first-round pick, in fact, a high first-round pick, 10th overall in the 2016 NHL draft by the Colorado Avalanche. His development has stalled. He is now 24 years old, and he's not really a very great player. Uh, He, last year, with the Colorado Avalanche and the Minnesota Wild, uh, between the two teams, had eight goals and 12 assists, 20 points in 80 games played. His career highs, 12 goals in his first full NHL season way back in 2017-18, and his career high in points, 26 in 2018-19 the following season. So a lot of Casey Middlestack comparisons for Tyson Jost, just a bottom six you know, guy that kind of gets run over at five on five, you know, once a highly thought of prospect that's kind of gone sideways. I think Middleset's a better player than Jost is at this stage. Jost also a little bit more two-way game. Uh, You know, Don Granado and Kevin Adams both talked about his ability to penalty kill uh, as a reason why they put this claim in on him. And he will skate, you know, he'll, be, he'll play a checking role. He'll play a defensive role, penalty kill. And I think what he does is allow the Sabres to remove Riley Shan from the lineup because that needed to happen. Riley Shan needed to get out of this lineup, and Jost allows them to get him out of there. So Jost will play tonight with Zemgis Girgensons at center and Rasmus Asplund. So that's a checking line. Jost in for Poso uh, who is still out, and Shan comes out as well. Other other forward lines, Thompson, Tuck, Skinner stays together. Cousins, Krebs, and, excuse me, Cousins, Paterka, and Quinn. And then Middlestat, Hina Strosa and Olofsson. Craig Anderson will start between the pipes for the Sabres. It will be Jake Allen, a starting goalie against Sabres, finally. Montreal will go with Jake Allen in that. We will preview this game when we return here on the Locked on Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase. Uh, And when we do preview tonight's Game uh, from a betting perspective, we will do that with Bet Online. BetOnline.net, your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis this season. They've got some updated NHL awards odds. They've got Rasmus Dahlin as the fifth leading candidate to win the Norris Trophy at plus 1400. They've got Tage Thompson listed in the Rocket Richard odds. Also, interestingly, they've got former Sabre Linus Allmark as the favorite. To win the Vesna Trophy at plus four hundred, you can find all of those at Bet Online. It's a perfect spot for the World Cup if you're looking for some odds and action on the FIFA World Cup. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Jody Biase back here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. And let's head to betonline.net for our odds on tonight's game for the Sabres and the Montreal Canadiens. And the Sabres on the road, eight game losing streak. You might think, eh, they're an underdog, a big underdog. Well, Montreal is not that, not that much better. And in fact, the Sabres have outplayed. Montreal in a lot of categories in the last week or so. So even though Montreal has got a better record, I think the Sabres are a better team. And that's why tonight I would bet the Sabres, despite the fact they're not really an underdog. In fact, they are not on the money line. You can get the Sabres at plus 100, even money, $100 to win a hundred for the Buffalo Sabres to win this game outright. Now, That means the puck line is heavily weighted. Sabres at plus a goal and a half are 250. No thank you on that front. And then the over-under for tonight's game is 6.5 minus 111 for the uh, the over 6.5 in this game. I do like the over in this game. Montreal has allowed four or more goals in four consecutive games. The Sabres are the perfect over team right now because they play offensive. They try to generate chances and they also allow chances in their own end. So that's what I'm going for on tonight's game. And then if I'm looking at prop bets for tonight's game, I'm going to go with Alex Tuck at minus 150 to record one single point. He gets power play minutes. He's on the top line with Thompson and Skinner, who are both goal scorers. He can, of course, score on his own. He's got five points in his last three games, Alex Tuck does. So he's playing hot right now. And minus 150, I usually don't like taking minus bets, but I will do it uh, at this point in time because of the, uh, of the decent odds that you get. So I'm going Tuck minus 150 to record a single point in this game. And that is going to do it for us today on the Locked on Sabres podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Enjoy the game between the Sabres and the Canadians, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for making us your first listen. Now go make your next listen, Locked on Sports Today, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Locked on Sabres.